This podcast is an invitation to feel and experience the souls of famous old Hollywood homes and to have an in-depth journey to the areas where they're located through interviews with longtime residents. Either you're a fan of old Hollywood in Los Angeles, planning to have a vacation, or an even bigger step, considering a certain area for your future home. This is your opportunity to receive valuable information and insightful advice you won't find anywhere else. Hello, hello, and welcome to my podcast. Are you in the mood for California? Today, we'll explore and feel the Rose Parade, followed by an interview with wonderful and innovative Paul Jenkins and Evelisa Genova. An example that I saw was my own parents, who were older, they had a caregiver, and the caregiver was reading the paper most of the day, and my parents were kind of waiting for the next doctor's appointment or a family member to come by, and it occurred to me that they could be in a multifamily building, be part of a community, uh, have things going on all the time, help out. And then as I, th I thought about that, I also thought you have a lot of single kids that could be part of an extended family in a multifamily building, and then a, a lot of couples and singles want to be in a creative building, want to be part of a cool place. That in a, I realized that a multifamily building can can do so much more, it can perform at so much higher of a level. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of where this came from. That's where but the core was to get actually to help seniors have somewhere to go that's not a senior center, but an actual normal apartment building priced normally where they can be take part of that in a community life. Masha Korpacheva is a California-based realtor and a member of the National Association of Realtors in Los Angeles. She's an advocate for selling and buying homes with soul and practicing mindfulness in real estate. With master's degrees in spiritual psychology and linguistics, Masha brings all of her skills to work with her clients. An intuit and empath, she has touched many lives with her outstanding ability to see beyond the visible and helping to come to better understanding of issues and their resolutions. An adventurous world traveler, from climbing Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania to exploring the Galapagos Islands, Masha has a particular passion for the City of Angels. Having landed in this paradise and adopted it as her home, she's been sharing old Hollywood stories since 2007. In the mood for California, feel the soul of old Hollywood. And now, are you ready to experience the Rose Parade? Los Angeles is celebrated as a global melting pot, and yet it wrestles with a lack of a distinct cultural center and familial roots, giving rise to a pervasive sense of isolation that reverberates through emotional health and financial stability. However, the Rose Parade, a prominent component of Pasadena's Tournament of Roses, emerges as a powerful unifying force in the community. Established in 1983, the Tournament of Roses Foundation has been a supporter of the local community, distributing over 3 million to more than 200 nonprofit organizations with a focus on sports, arts, and leadership projects. The Rose Parade an American holiday tradition since 1890 traces its origins to the exclusive Valley Hunt Club, 
which sought to showcase Southern California's abundant sunshine and year-round blooms. What began as a modest event featuring pony carts and horse-drawn carriages adorned with local blooms has transformed into a grand spectacle featuring marching bands, motorized clothes, and diverse activities. In response to its growing popularity, the Tournament of Roses Association was formed in 1895 to manage the parade and related festivities. A notable addition to the Rose Parade's legacy occurred in 1902 when organizers decided to host a college football game leading to the inauguration of the iconic Rose Bowl Stadium in 1922. Despite three interruptions during the early 1940s due to World War II and a cancellation in 2021 amid the COVID-19 pandemic, the parade has persevered for over 130 years, maintaining its New Year's Day tradition. One distinctive aspect of the Rose Parade is its prohibition of most automobiles, with only a few exceptions for dignitaries such as the Grand Marshal, the Mayor of Pasadena, Rose Bowl Game Hall of Fame inductees, and the Tournament of Roses president. These exceptions, characterized by unique and eye-catching vehicles, contribute to the parade's charm and nostalgic appeal. The Rose Parade floats, a central attraction, have undergone a remarkable transformation since the inaugural procession in 1890. Today, these motorized floats, some exceeding 100 feet in length and 16 feet in height, require meticulous planning and construction. Every visible inch must be covered in natural materials, including seeds, bark, moss, and an abundance of flowers. The intricate process of constructing these floats commences months in advance, with the final embellishments often involving tens of thousands of live flowers added by dedicated volunteers working tirelessly in the days leading up to the parade. In total, more than 80,000 volunteer hours are invested in the planning and construction of the parade, underscoring the community's deep commitment to this beloved tradition. So much more than just a spectacle, the Rose Parade is a testament to the community's heart and soul. It's a true labor of love that underscores the city's commitment to this blooming tradition, a vibrant celebration of life, diversity, and the perennial promise of a new year. And here we are. Welcome to Los Angeles, as we are about to discuss a remarkable concept that fosters a sense of extended family and community elevating connectivity and inclusivity within our bustling metropolis. I'm so happy to have Paul Jenkins and Evelisa Genova with me today. As a Los Angeles native, Paul Jenkins has a deep connection to this vibrant city where he has lived most of his life. He holds a degree in construction management from CSLUB, and is a certified construction manager and LEED 
Green Associate. Over two decades, Paul has specialized in managing construction projects, both innovative developments and meticulously restoring buildings. Beyond his professional pursuits, Paul is a dedicated Hollywood Hills West Neighborhood Council board member. Please check out Paul's website, www.ohanastar.com. The career of Evelisa Genova has been guided by a passion for creating better systems and conditions for human potential in diverse sectors. Since graduating from Harvard with a master's in education, she has over 10 years of experience as a strategist in complicated and tense environments, government policy, negotiations, tech and startup environments, diplomacy, and nonprofit. Through this experience, art has come up in surprising ways with leaders as a tool to build relationships forge understanding, and unite people across differences. This naturally led Evelisa to bringing this power of the arts in real estate to guide the culture of residential and commercial real estate through Ohana Star. The power of the arts is something that speaks to Evelisa personally, as she also creates empowerment dreamscapes to illuminate the sacred mystery of life using oils, watercolors, and precious metals. She can be reached at www.evelisa.com. Paul and Evelisa will share with us the remarkable concept of Ohana Star Multifamily Community Amenity. Hello, Paul and Evelisa. Hi, Maria. Uh, hi, Maria. Oh my God, I'm so excited to have this conversation with you today. Uh, and I was really, really looking forward to it. Well, it's an honor to be here. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Thank you. So could you please talk about this uh, inspiration behind the creation of the Ohana Star Community Amenity? What led you to develop this innovative solution that actually absolutely mesmerizes me? So I would like to find out more about it. You know, it was my background in construction management, uh, renovating apartment buildings first and then building them new. And it seemed like they could be a lot more, we could do a lot more with them. And an example that I saw was my own parents who were older, they had a caregiver and the caregiver was reading the paper most of the day. And my parents were kind of waiting for the next doctor's appointment or a family member to come by. And it occurred to me that they could be in a multifamily building, be part of a community, uh, have things going on all the time, help out. And then as I, th I thought about that, I also thought you have a lot of single kids that could be part of an extended family in a multifamily building. And then a, a lot of couples and singles want to be in a creative building, want to be part of a cool place. That in a, I realized that a multifamily building can can do so much more, can perform at so much higher of a level. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of where this came from. That's where but the core was to get actually to help seniors have somewhere to go that's not a senior center, but an actual normal apartment building price normally where they can be take part of that in 
a community life. Right. Right. Well, very interesting. So like your parents were the inspiration for you. That is so wonderful. So uh, how exactly does the Ohana Star community amenity work in connecting residents to their buildings and neighborhoods? Maybe you could uh, share the implementation process and how long uh, uh, it typically uh, takes to see tangible results and improvements uh, in community connections. Thanks. Well, I'll, I'll start off with just how it works. So the it's based on an app, you know, it's a software that helps to basically curate the people that are in the building and connect them to experiences, connect them to each other and start to see, you know, how they can find a lot of value and meaning in the place. Mm-hmm. So the app kind of has this, you know, you start to build out not only profiles of people, uh, but also people can be free to decide how they want to be known by their neighbors. Some people might be entrepreneurs. They might have their own services, whether it's interior design or they might be an accountant or a painter. And you kind of get to know the, you know, these different sides of your neighbors and who you are. What's also really pretty profound about it is that we help to guide either managers or coordinate community coordinators on how to activate the people and get them together. And that usually starts with having arts-based events. Mm-hmm. So you, you find the creative dimensions. People self-select as well. Like you don't force it, but people may decide, hey, you know, I also love playing music on the weekends or I'm also a painter. And you kind of curate these experiences in the in the building, you know, in one of the amenity rooms. And that just helps to build this momentum of like, a sense of community, a sense of belonging and welcomeness amongst the tenants. Mm-hmm. And Ohana is a, is a Hawaiian concept for extended family. Mm-hmm. So yes. we suggest, because our core is to, that a building can define its culture and then guide mm-hmm. that culture. And the culture that we're trying to implement is one of extended family and then using art and music as a way to connect people mm-hmm. that have, you know, even if you're just interested in art or music, that gives you a connection point to someone else. And what's, I just to build on that too, What's really powerful is, so not only do you now have this like vertical neighborhood, Mm -hmm. but then the actual local neighborhood, local businesses and community centers are also part of that, that network that tenants can feel connected to. So we encourage ways to create either partnerships or just like outreach with with, uh, local businesses. Um, And then it just becomes a place that people want to not only live in, but Mm -hmm. stay living there. Right, right. Exactly. So what you're saying is that you do not uh, only cater your services to uh, multi-family buildings, but also like if there is a community of single-family homes, uh, they can also use uh, your uh, amenity, correct? Yeah, correct. Mm -hmm. Interesting. An HOA, yeah, an HOA with the... Or, yeah, houses that are connected to an HOA. So there has to be an HOA. So there has to be some kind of a center that would uh, spread this community amenity around, correct? Uh, Yes, that's correct. There's a way to do it through a retail center Mm -hmm. also. But uh, to buy the service, you know, it's it's an HOA that would naturally do it. If it's a condominium, uh, right, then in this case, the HOA will take care of it. And if it's like a regular uh, apartment building, then uh, the uh, building manager will be able uh, to facilitate uh, the connection 
and to make sure like everybody has the app and uh, everything mm-hmm. will be explained uh, to the tenants how they can use it how they can sign up for it and so as far as the art uh, and music uh, events that you put together so do you offer like specific events or how do you find um, out uh, what exact events work will this or that building? Well, overall, you know, we want to make this really easy for, you know, managers to implement. And so with the art events, that's usually a starting point. Mm -hmm. We may not know all the creatives that are in the building. So we suggest or we provide kind of like a guidance or framework on how to start that first event that'll start to attract people that are in the building. They might get interested. So that could be having external artists come and participate. Maybe there's a few that are already known in the building who might be invited to showcase it. But whatever it is, that first event that brings the building together is arts-based and that kind of starts to build the awareness. Mm-hmm. So, so it depends on it depends on the building, but oftentimes that first one, it might be something that's curated uh, and designed uh, just to start attracting people to the experience. Right, right. And we even see games as, as a form of art or theater, if you like. So if there's a pool table, you can have pool tournaments. I mean, somebody who does comedy, that's also art. Mm-hmm. And then someone, Evelisa is a painter, so she, you can do live painting at an event. So we're about connecting people through creativity mm-hmm. and we can find creativity in most people. Uh, so now it becomes a new way to meet your neighbor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. And how long does it uh, usually take uh, to see the results and improvements in the community? It would depend on how uh, the building, how much they want to invest into the events. I mean, the events can happen organically. That's the way that we're kind of set up to where we, maybe we bring some musicians or some people to start the events and then we get people in the building to do the events themselves. Uh, but if, if the building wants to spend money on doing a lot of events in the beginning, then they can get the, get the system moving very quickly. Mm-hmm. And what would you say is uh, the minimum uh, that people can start with? And I'm sure it depends also on the number of residents, you know, like probably the fewer the residents, like then the uh, higher the payment will be for them. And then if it's like a large amount of uh, people who live in the building, then, you know, it will turn out to be um, a lesser amount, like spread between all of them. So what would be the amount that people would have to invest to like start having this application and to start having the events? Well, I mean, it's a separate, uh, there's a there's a software piece mm-hmm. that we can support it or the, or the building can support it. We call that the Ohana coordinator. And then the events would, again, just be up to the building. They would have to decide which events they want. They're kind of a la carte. So the core is actually the app for the manager and app for the residents. So that's the core price point. And that's just based on price per unit, mm-hmm. just, you know, monthly price per unit. It depends on the size of the building so uh, and the situation. Now, we could even go as low as 20 units if a building wants to be a boutique building where the neighbors have a way to connect with each other and have events, maybe solstice events or something. And the manager can be like a community leader or, you know, it's ideal when they're bigger, but small is also really good because then you live in a boutique building. Yes, yeah. yes, very true. And so uh, what what would be the uh, payment uh, like for the app? Like if, let's say, there are 20 units, for example. Well, if it was 20 units, I mean, we have a minimum of like 150 a month just for the app. Mm-hmm. 150 a month for the app, okay. That, that would be in total, not per unit. Yeah, not per unit. That's, so that's... the total price per month for a building. Oh, yeah. it's for the building. Yeah, yeah exactly. Building. Yeah, you're saying 20 units. I didn't tell you the price per unit. But that's the uh, that would be a minimum. Yeah. That's yes. a minimum for the month. That's just the software, and that's not 
us providing any of the additional support. Okay, that's just the software. What they would want in the building is a way to connect and group neighbors and the manager could kind of do a lot of these things very easily. It's only 20 units. Right. If a community leader wanted to like lead his building, then we give him the tools to do it. We also have emergency preparation built into this so the manager would have a way to prepare his residents for an earthquake or any kind of emergency or disaster. Yeah. And also make newsletters through our system very easily. And a lot of managers don't have a way to do that. So uh, that's why a, a smaller building might really want this. Mm-hmm. Yes, emergency preparation is important. Yeah, and that's a big part. We think that's part of community building. We have a very robust system mm-hmm. for the residents and the managers. You'll, you can have a very well-organized building using our system. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's all connected to, you know, the well-being of your, your tenants, well-being and safety, and just feeling like both the positive things are accounted for and just personal safety so people can feel more at ease and connected uh, as opposed to just getting like, you know, notifications that there might be something you need to be aware of. Like right. people can actually feel connected and that we're looking out for each other. So again, that's the, that continues that concept of extended family. Right, right. It will be almost like a family chat. You know how sometimes yes. uh, family members yeah. have like a joint chat and then everybody shares their thoughts or whatever they're doing. So in if people are, are living uh, in, you know, separate units uh, in Los Angeles can be a pretty lonely city uh, for people who especially live by themselves. So for them to be able to connect on such a level with people who live literally next door to them, and oftentimes they yes. wouldn't know them otherwise, but the app will allow them to have this kind of like a family chat. Yeah, I, I think that it, the, the loneliness epidemic is definitely a problem that we're looking at kind of addressing through this. And what's important is that people's profiles, let's say, you know, also privacy is really important. Yes. So people could put as much or as little information about themselves, like their actual unit or their mm-hmm. actual contact information. Like, I think those things, you know, you want to respect privacy and personal space. So it's instead of, you know, we know exactly where Maria lives and we can go knock on her door. It's just, if I want to connect with Maria and I know that she does real estate or something like that, I can ask her questions or ask for her services through the app respectfully. And then you decide on your own time, okay, let's meet in the common room or something like that. It just brings a lot more life to the building mm-hmm. while still respecting those personal boundaries and personal safety. So yes, yes, this is wonderful. What a great concept. Mm. So my next question uh, brings me to the following, uh, you know, communities come in various sizes and types. Uh, and they talk about that already. But how adaptable is your solution uh, to the diverse needs of, let's say, families or couples or singles and, for example, senior people? So how would you be able to put together all of these uh, different, um, you know, types of uh, humans in like one app, basically? Well, equity and inclusion and people's unique needs is a really central pillar and I think thing that we value. And we've designed the entire system to be able to uplift people's needs, perspectives, and talents. Mm-hmm. The way we're able to do that is one, people are the authors of their own profile, how they want to share what their needs are and can start to create their own you know, groups that meet certain needs. So someone might have a group that's about sharing, you know, a skill sharing, some something might be about sharing EV charging stations, something might be how do we solve for, you know, some of the seniors in our home and making them feel a little bit more cared for. So it's really adaptable. 
for people to share in a respectful way what their needs are. Mm-hmm. We want that environment that's supportive. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the art focus, the plan to have these art focus events, as much, it's a feel-good thing, but there's something like really strategic about that and research-based because having these arts-based events quickly can build a sense of trust and belonging. And regardless of where you come from, there's something that really connects people across diverse identities. Mm-hmm. So that's part of the principles. Yes. And, yeah. And I think in a nutshell, uh, families will have a way to connect with each other to have shared needs, whether it's yeah. for a nanny or even babysitting. You can set up a little babysitting system. Uh, seniors can share caregivers and connect with families. And then, and then, as I mentioned earlier, if you're single, you want to live in a building full of creative people. So mm-hmm. you that creativity, and that's where the arts comes in. And then also for couples, couples, especially in a small apartment, it's good when they know their neighbors and they can, you know, if they're not even if they're not getting along. It's a, it's great to live in a multifamily building and be able to go down the hallway and talk to a neighbor and go hang out in that manager room. Mm-hmm. This is, you know, we think that multifamily buildings can perform at a much higher level, but we just have to find ways to do that. And then they start. From, they start comparing with houses. Houses are great. Um, I think they're fantastic, but there's a lot of advantages of living in multifamily also. Mm-hmm. Right. Especially if the kids know their uh, neighbors and after school, they can meet, you know, one of the amenities, hang out, play games or get the tutoring they need, whatever. You can do all that in a multifamily that you can't do in a house, yeah. as an example. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that totally makes sense. Absolutely. And so I can see very clearly how building uh, this sense of extended family and community is um, a really profound uh, goal of uh, your services. So do you have maybe some inspiring success stories or anecdotes that showcase the impact of your service on residents? We're right now launching it. So as we've spoken and interviewed a lot of people, what we hear again and again is how happy people are when they know their neighbors, especially if they start having holiday dinners with their neighbors or if they have issues. So I Right now, we're launching the product. So mm-hmm. we're having, we don't have any events from our product. But you can talk when you talk to people, when you know their neighbors, they just have a smile and they're so much happier. Mm-hmm. We're trying to bring that value to building, which is going to help the building owner, who is our, the building owner is actually our client. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we want him to have tenants that are really happy, then it's a different relationship with his tenants. And it's much easier for him to, to get the uh, price point that he needs. Right, right. Absolutely. So like now that you're launching this product, then what uh, do you see is the most significant um, challenge that you're facing in promoting community and connection in today's fast paced and very digitally connected world? And how does your solution actually address uh, these challenges? Well, I mean, I, and I think you hit the point, especially in Los Angeles, there's so many things people can be doing. Uh, the nice thing is when it's in your when it's in your actual building and it's with your neighbors, it's easy, first of all. So if you're tired, you have a place to, you know, to chill. And it's fun when you know your neighbors. So it's a different experience. Social media is full of so many things you can do. And this is one that's actually close to people that you know. And so what we run into, though, is exactly that. People are kind of strung out on all these other events. And they have to get used to, again, kind of interacting with the people that are close to them. Mm-hmm. There's also an intuitiveness that when you know your neighbors, it's almost a tribal feeling that we you know, that we have. It's good to know the people around you and spend time with the people that are living near you. That, that, that makes you feel like you're kind of uh, living in a more normal environment. Yes, yes. Very that's kind of a hyper environment that we're living in now. So, but what we're running into, yeah, is exactly what you said. People have so many options. And you know, Maria, it's it's important that yes, as people are more 
connected in all these other ways, there is still that, you know, loneliness epidemic. In fact, it is increasing <laughs> proportionately to the increase in social media connectedness. So we're just trying to go to um, the heart and home of where people are and see how to, like Paul said, elevate that experience. And, you know, the, the concept of a neighborhood, which is always in these individualized homes, mm-hmm. bringing that into what's more common now, which are these, you know, the, the buildings, the con- the condominium, the apartments, or, or all that. So there's still a need there. And this is one way to start curating a, a more quality relationship experience in the in in the, your extended family where you live. Yes, yes, very true. And then Los Angeles uh, is also famous uh, for being a very transitional city and mm-hmm. uh, a place where we have a lot of transplants uh, from all over the country and from other countries as well. So the people here, you know, are somewhat disconnected from the families that they came from because they are so far away. And uh, people tend to isolate when they're on their own. And truly opening up to their neighbors and having this um, extension kind of like of your home, I think is a remarkable thing because in this case, you will truly have a feeling of belonging. Yes. And that's what we're trying to provide, a tool to do that. So Mm -hmm. people are able to do what they want to do it. Right. Yeah. Because this is what everybody is always looking for, you know, because having a home is not really enough and like living in a certain Mm -hmm. place is not enough. Every human being needs to have this feeling of belonging and you can only achieve that, you know, besides having, uh, you know, the work that you really love that brings you joy, mm-hmm. but it's the people who surround you, you know, exactly. the connections that we have. And you're so amazing as far as like bringing art and music uh, onto the scene and into the buildings, because I think it is through all these uh, artistic creative impulses that people connect the most because it truly speaks to their hearts. Exactly. There's already dedicated capital for having the arts in buildings. So that's one area. Mm-hmm. Plus, when you think of longevity studies uh, and how much longevity is so correlated to relationships, actually, most of, you know, above all else. Yes. If you kind of bring these things together and increase the quality of the living space, uplift the creativity that's already existing in the building um you know that could look like just on a, on a whim just different ideas that we suggest too is like circulating artwork that's created from the residents themselves in the mm-hmm. building on a rotating basis as one example um, mm-hmm. or just again feeling like you're in a bit of a neighborhood as opposed to a bunch of strangers all around you yes Especially, you know as if you're a single woman in a, in a living space you want to feel a little bit more safe and that can make you feel a little bit more safe. Yes, yes, big time. That's very important. And there's also a cost savings. Mm -hmm. As things become very expensive, whether it's childcare or senior care, this is a way you're in a centralized location where you can do, where we can Mm -hmm. save money and do that very efficiently. Wow. There's a reason to know your neighbor right there. And if you don't have a lot of money, but you go to the jam session, you're building, you didn't spend any money, but you had a great time. Right, versus going out to a bar or somewhere that social media is trying to pull you into to spend money. Wow, beautiful. Well, I can see a very, very big contribution to the overall sustainability and long-term success of residential developments 
uh, by using uh, your uh, service. This is uncanny, like how much people actually could gain from uh, using um, your service. Thank you so much. Thank you. Oh, Star. No, no, thank you. And my last question to you is looking ahead, what are some of the maybe future initiatives or developments that uh, Star Building Group and the Ohana Star community amenity are working on or planning maybe to undertake to further enhance community connectivity and inclusivity? We would like to do like a lifestyle concept for buildings and work with the architects from the very beginning, focus on how residents will be interacting with each other. Mm-hmm. Right now, generally, they just everybody's just thinking about square footage. They give you a parking space, a couple of rooms. And to switch that to a full lifestyle concept, so that's what that's what we might be doing in the future. Mm. Be done so that way, all the amenities, everything is always revolving around how are people going to interact and share and help each other and be part of a community. And we think that's missing right now. So that's the next step. Wow, very very beautiful. And well, thank you so much for creating this incredible service. And I'm sure that there is a huge need for it uh, in such a large city as Los Angeles and, you know, in other large cities as well, where Mm -hmm. people do need to be connected. And I think the sense of community is so primal to us. And when we detach from it, you know, we'll always be missing something. Yeah, you definitely got it. That's it. So thank you so much, Paul. And thank you, Evelisa, for this incredible conversation. And thank you for what you do, you know, for our large city and for all the people who do not even know that they really need it. And this is, you know, where the happiness is. Mm -hmm. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you very much for tuning in to feel and experience the Rose Parade and Ohana Star Multifamily Community Amenity with my special guests, Paul Jenkins and Evelisa Genova. If you enjoy my podcast, In the Mood for California, please sign up for future episodes at your preferred platform and please leave your feedback. I really appreciate your time and support. You can follow me on Instagram at In the Mood for California and check out my website www.inthemoodforcalifornia.com. I'm a realtor with Beverly and Company Luxury Properties, and my license number is 019-78714. Selling and buying homes with soul is not just my real estate strategy. It is an intuitive and holistic approach that embraces your values, aspirations, and conscious intentions. If you want to discover the power of mindfulness in your real estate journey with my compassionate guidance, I'm here for you. In the next episode, we'll delve into the history of the happiest place on earth, Disneyland, Cannot wait to share this experience with you. In the mood for California, feel the soul of old Hollywood.